0: This podcast is for you, the Retail Florist. Each episode, will dive into real-life tips and strategies to increase your profits and peace of mind. We're currently working through a series of episodes focusing on sales, how to get into the sales mindset, how to set up our staff and floral shop for success, and today we're going to talk about a technique for finally selling. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Retail Florist Podcast. My name is Kelsey Thompson. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I am a flower shop owner, mom of two, and kind of a business and marketing nerd. And I'm here to share some insights to help you grow your business without burnout. You might know me from my online business, which is Petals and Profits. And I know in the intro, I mentioned peace of mind, and I just wanted to take just a moment to thank those of you that have reached out to me over the last month, Um, just to catch you up. I took a short digital sabbatical. My husband's grandma was put on hospice last month and passed away shortly after. And I just really needed to concentrate on supporting him and the family. So I stepped away from the podcast and social media for a bit and focused on those priorities. We know that's the beauty of being an independent business owner, right? So anyway, thank you for checking on me. Grandma Nadine was an absolute firecracker, and she will definitely be missed. But she spent eight years missing her beloved husband, and we like to think that they're taking their souped-up golf cart on many, many heavenly trail rides together. So just wanted to say appreciate it. Now, as I say, back to the show. So if you haven't listened to the last two episodes, don't worry, you're fine. You can finish this one and go back. But like any series, you may get a bit more out of it if you listen in order. Now this is also coming from someone that has never followed a recipe a day in her life. So you do you. So far in this sales series, we've covered mindset and product attributes. So now our sales team has some tools in their toolbox, so to say. And to some people, sales come really naturally. They have absolutely no problem shooting the breeze or making suggestions. For others, it's helpful to have a framework or a set of steps to take. So even if you feel comfortable selling, putting a name to what you're already doing can help you sharpen your skills. Successful selling is really just knowing the right questions to ask in the right order at the right time. So what's the first thing that you do when a customer comes in to, let's say, order flowers? Probably ask the occasion, right? So now using that occasion as a guide, you may ask follow-up questions about the recipient's favorite colors or hobbies or personal style. You'll ask about where the flowers will be delivered and how they'll be used. Finally, you'll offer upgrades and maybe some cross-sale items. So at this in this example, you notice I you just asked a bunch of questions, right? So our end goal is to serve our customers the best. So we need to think what questions can we ask to serve them best. So I'm going to break down that example I just used to that little, um, when someone comes in to order flowers a little bit deeper. So let's say that a gal comes in and she wants to order flowers for next week. Awesome. You know, like things are coming early and so just we ask what they're for. Well, let's say it's an anniversary party for her parents so what questions could we ask here we could ask the wedding colors the number of years they've been married maybe what other type of decorations or colors they're using at the party um, how many guests they're having those kind of a thing let's say it's a 50th anniversary their wedding colors were white and yellow and she's only got the budget for one design that narrows it down so the next question might be will these flowers be going on the guestbook table, on a buffet, or uses more of an accent piece on the sweetheart table that she's decided she's setting up for her parents. And if your customer decides a guestbook table we know that's going to be up against a wall because we ask. Perfect! It can be more of a three-sided design and be a little more cost effective. And maybe they'll suggest a gold vase since it's her 50th anniversary. This is a nice keepsake, so it's a nice gift for her parents to take the flowers home. In this example we used specific questions to get a grasp on the situation, to discover a problem, to implement a solution, and then suggest upgrades like the gold base. So today I'm going to share with you a selling process called SPIN, S-P-I-N. It stands for Situation, Problem, Implication, and Need Payoff. Now don't let the fancy acronym turn you off. This is just what we just said with this anniversary client. And you may have been selling retail for years, but do you ever feel like you do something without knowing why? For example, when it comes to floral design, I didn't have any formal training for quite a few years. I just kind of like went with what felt good or what looked right to me, followed my gut. But after I started taking classes and diving into the elements and principles of design, I realized, oh, that's why I do that. I just didn't know why. Now I'm much more confident using the elements and principles, because I know the rules and I know I can maybe sometimes break them. The same can be said for sales. You might be a wonderful salesperson and this little process might just clarify why for you. Or you might feel like you need to up your sales game. So having an outline for the process can help. And implementing a selling technique in your retail store means that you and your team can follow a standard process. It clearly lays out a precedent for your expectations and it can be helpful to provide guidance for like new staff or you just have that really super difficult customer that you're dealing with. So in retail, this SPIN or S-B-I-N technique can help you convert complicated and difficult sales. Like I said, it's all about asking structured questions at the right time during the sales conversation to increase your odds of converting that sale. Now, before we dive in, I just want to preface this by saying that there are two things to me personally that trump all techniques and processes. Number one is putting your customers first and the second is being able to read social cues. So what's your customer's priority? Are they rushing in over your lunch break to grab like a cooler bouquet? Not really at the time to get chatty or try a bunch of upsells. Are they grieving their spouse? You of course want to strike a balance of asking respectful questions and making limited suggestions because they're already overwhelmed at that stage. So really gauging the customer's mindset was step three in the mindset episode. That's the first episode in this series. If you haven't given it a listen, be sure to go back to it because that will be really helpful in determining where in this spin process you wanna start in. And this process can be applied both in person and over the phone, but for today's, today's episode, I wanna keep it short if I can. We're just gonna use in-store scenarios and I'm gonna give you a few examples. Okay, let's get into spin. The goal is to be thinking one step ahead of the phase that you're in. And phase number one is situation. So in this step, you're greeting the customer, gauging their mindset, kind of what they're interested in, and really laying the groundwork. You're asking how you can help or what they're looking for. Now this is your opportunity to gather information, uh, show some interest, and really start building that relationship with them. Don't push product sales yet, just ask questions during this beginning stage of the buying process to learn more about the shopper's current circumstances. In your store, this is the point where you're finding out why they're in your store. So who are they shopping for, or what can you help them find? If you like to have a little formula, you can follow the greeting formula that I laid out in the mindset episode, or honestly, some people might just walk right in straight away and tell you what they want. So let's pretend that after a bit of chatting, you discover that this customer that walked in needs to buy a gift for their spouse because they got a new job. Now this leads us to the second phase, which is problem. This is the investigation phase, so to speak. You want to find out what the customer's pain points, problems, frustrations are and reassure them that you're there to help. Now I know that someone buying a gift isn't really a problem. The problem is that they don't know exactly what they want. So you've discovered that they need to buy a gift, but they don't know where to start. That's their problem. During this phase, you are asking questions that will enable you to make a great suggestion during the next phase. For example, you may ask if this is a gift they'd like delivered to the office or a personal gift they're planning to take home. Now why would I ask this? Well, the obvious answer is because you need to know if this is going to be a walk-in sale or a delivery ticket. But there's a secondary purpose. Even though the recipient is the same, the audience is different. If they're gifting it to their spouse in private, I might suggest maybe a self-care package, flowers, bath bomb, lotion, candle, that kind of a thing. If they want it delivered to the office, opening that kind of gift in a semi-public space may make a new hire feel a little bit uncomfortable. So I would not even suggest that, I'd go with something else. Now, of course, this entire thought process is happening in your head at this point. All we know from at this point, the customer told us is that they need a gift for their spouse, we're asking where it's going. Let's say it's being delivered. Okay, perfect, that narrows it down. Now let's think about what we might suggest. Remember, we're working on the problem, but thinking ahead to the implementation or solution. So in this scenario, I think both flowers and a plant would be appropriate, right? In my head, I wanna suggest both flowers to get things off the first week, and a plant because it's the gift that keeps on giving. Let's ask some questions that will set up our suggestion that we're going to make for success. So here I'd ask more questions about the spouse's new job and the office, like do they have a window? Or what style is their office? With that information, you can confidently suggest your flower and plant combination gift. And of course I want to suggest that, that's the higher budget option. Oh, but maybe the budget isn't there for both things, so now what? Let's pause for a moment and think long term. Of course we want to make the sale today, but can we make more sales down the road? So both flowers and a plant leave a lasting impression, but a plant is going to be great for an office environment and may lead to more plant sales, repotting services, you know, fertilizer sales, that kind of a thing. So you could either suggest a plant or maybe suggest a flower subscription. A delivery now and then once a month for six months or 12 months. Let's say they wanna go with a one-time purchase. Okay, a plant, perfect. Let's ask a few more questions. (laughs) And I'm sure at this point you're sensing a trend. We're like the Sherlock Holmes of customers. We ask a question to get an answer that we can then mine for more information to ask even better questions. It's a cycle. Only that's happening conversationally, of course, not interrogation style. So we've narrowed it down to, we want to have a plant gift delivered to the office for their spouse. So now I'd ask their spouse's level of plant expertise, maybe a little bit about the office's lighting conditions and the color scheme. And I will say, I always let people know, hey, I'm going to ask you some questions because I want to make sure that we choose the perfect thing for you. I think sometimes if you don't explain why you're questioning them, it can feel a little um, inorganic or a little bit like they're like, oh, so many questions, you know. But if I just say, hey, I'm going to ask you a series of questions and the purpose is that I really need to know, you know, what is best going to fit this space for your plant, then, it, then it's a little more comfortable and a little less like an inquisition. So let's say that you find out that it's an interior office, so not a lot of light, They're definitely a plant newbie and the office is done up in company colors of blue and silver. So now you've got some really good information to be able to help and make the best suggestion. At this point, you reassure your customer that you have plenty of low light, super easy plant options. And then this leads us into the next part of the sales process. And in the SPIN acronym, this is called implication, but I like to use the word information or implementation because really this stage is about taking action. So in this stage of the cycle, you can start to introduce your products and explain how they solve the shopper's problem. Talk about the product features and benefits, maybe give a demonstration or use examples, and really help the customer realize how your products will provide a solution. So in our plant example, now is a new transition to offering a few types of plants for consideration. You might be doing some discovery along the way too, gathering more information. Maybe you show your customer a snake plant, but they say that their spouse will have it on the top of a bookshelf. Well, now you're going to offer maybe a philodendron or spider plant. Educate your customer on the pros of each choice. This is really where knowing your products come into play, and we talked about that in the last episode. In this plant example, I would talk about how these plants can tolerate office lighting. And then it's okay if their spouse misses a watering because they'll perk right back up because they're drought tolerant. The goal is to make the buying decision easy and feel like the right decision. Don't be tempted to offer too many options at first. Personally, I have found like two, maybe three tops is kind of the magic number. Let's be honest. Sometimes those husbands just need to be told like, this is the one. Four or more options gets a little overwhelming and can lead to choice fatigue. And we definitely don't want that. Each customer and situation is different, of course. This is where practice and reading social cues comes into play. And I want to take a minute and talk about social cues. I know this is a game of asking the best questions, but sometimes those social cues tell us that the customer just doesn't care, doesn't have time, or maybe the knowledge to want to answer those questions. And that's okay. If you are picking up that your customer just isn't in the mood to shop, just wants to grab something and go, there is absolutely nothing wrong with saying, if you'd like, I'm happy to make a suggestion just right off the bat. Ask one or two very short clarifying questions, suggest an appropriate gift at a profitable price point, and just move to the cash register. That's okay. This longer spin process is for those customers that maybe want or need a bit more attention. So on to phase four, we have figured out the situation, we figured out the problem we're solving, and we've implemented some solutions or options. Now, last is need payoff. This is the phase where you're going to want to focus on closing the sale. You honestly might not even enter this last phase with some customers. They might be like, yep, great. That plant looks good, let's do it. But if you have a customer that's on the fence about purchasing or maybe stuck between options, knowing this last phase can be helpful. Essentially, ask a question to encourage the customer to explain your product's benefits in their own words. And this is a little psychology trick. It's definitely far more persuasive than listening to you describe the benefits if you can get the customer involved in the sale. So up to this point, you were kind of riding shotgun in this journey, but now you're going to steer a little bit. You'll use these questions to shift the customer's attention to solving the problem or taking action. And these types of questions engage the customer in really identifying the benefits or payoff, which is where the need payoff phrase comes from, of what you're offering to them. Now, this is really effective when you're selling services or introducing a cross-sell or upsell item too. So you want to phrase your questions so the answer is some form of yes. Let's get to some examples because it's much easier to understand. So in this case of the spouse in the green plant, I would ask, What would be the best thing about having a green plant in your spouse's office? And maybe they would answer, well, it would make her happier. It would make her office more inviting, both positives. Here's another question I could ask. If I could find a drain tray that would fit under this pot, would that be helpful? Well, duh, of course it would be helpful, (laughs) we know this. We want the customer to say it. Yeah, I would hate for their bookshelf to get a water ring. Um, Another example might be, this gray or white ceramic pot would be better suited to the office decor than a brown basket. What color do you think would work best? Again, of course, we want to sell a pot versus a basket. It's more profitable. But this makes it feel like the ceramic pot was a design decision that the customer made. A great design decision, by the way. So you've introduced the ceramic pot as a foregone conclusion. They're going to buy the pot. Now they are in control of the color. Like I said, you might not always need to ask questions in this style. Your customer may customer may get through like phase three where you're introducing options and just be like, yep, that's the one. But phase four is really helpful when you're introducing upsell items, or like I said, you've got like an indecisive or reluctant buyer. But another situation that I find that's really helpful, these types of phrasing these questions is when I'm talking with a bride about their wedding and they're trying to cut like way too many corners and I know from experience, from doing weddings for 10 plus years, that certain things are going to lead to heartache or stress. So I ask these types of questions to kind of lead them to state the benefits that I want them to see. For example, would it be helpful if I delivered the flowers to the church that morning? Well duh, yes it would. (laughs) I always try to talk brides into delivery. How much stress would it save if we set up the reception for you? You see how that question is different than would you like us to set up the reception? Or the statement, it would be less stressful if we set up the reception. If I ask you, how much stress would it save if we set up the reception for you? You're putting the ball into their court to consider like the emotions and the outcome of that decision. So just to review, the steps of the process again are situation, problem, I'm gonna say implementation, and need payoff. But maybe you're thinking, my customer doesn't have a problem, they're just shopping. Well, this process can be applied to someone whose motivation is a want or desire as well. Maybe they don't have a problem, but let's say they want a new centerpiece for their dining room table. So in this case, their quote unquote problem is that they don't know exactly what they want for that centerpiece. Maybe they aren't sure of the right size or they need a lot of help choosing colors or a container. So you're going to problem solve that by asking specific questions. Or let's say your customer is just looking around. So you complete your initial greeting and promise to check back. Now, as you approach them the second time for your checkup, you notice that they're looking at some earrings. This is now your chance to start the spin process using those earrings as your topic. You can kind of assess the situation and gather information because something made them pick those earrings up. So what was it? What problem could those earrings solve or what desire could they fill? Maybe they're having a bad day and they just want something pretty. Maybe they have a party coming up and they need something new. Maybe those earrings made them think of a friend. So if you strike up a conversation with them about jewelry, maybe what medals they like to wear or what outfits in their closet that specific pair would go with, that kind of a thing. Maybe you can make it personal. Do you have a pair in that shape that you love to wear? You can see that by doing that, you pinpoint exactly what drew them to those earrings. And once you have that information, maybe they have a party coming up, you can start making suggestions, which is moving into a phase three implementation. Or if you get the vibe that they just want to shop in peace, you remind them that you're here to help and beat it. You're not gonna handhold every sale and not every shopper is a buyer, that's okay. But being friendly and engaging in light fact-finding conversation shouldn't put pressure on you or the customer. If they want or require some help, you enter the spin cycle. If not, you let them know you look forward to seeing them again and wish them well. I've had customers that were just looking come back simply because I engaged them in conversation and gave good suggestions. Sometimes these suggestions were just to go to a different store because I knew that store had exactly what they needed. And sometimes it's completely unrelated. I once helped talk a lady through like her entire living room redesign like layout furniture from like a designer's perspective and she didn't buy anything that day. I don't know what she was doing. Just getting coffee, I think. But she's now become one of my most frequent buyers of silk floral arrangements because she went home, rearranged her furniture, loved how it looked, trusted my eye for design, and now she's back. So, ask the act of just asking questions and solving problems isn't as good for sales. You're also building customer relationships and showcasing your expertise and setting yourself up to be able to invite that customer to visit again. I want you to think about the cost of spending just a few extra minutes with each customer versus the cost of running a newspaper ad. Where's your biggest return on investment? I would argue the in-person chat. This is called conversational marketing, by the way. So look at you, selling and marketing at the same time. Let's wrap up today's episode. I know you're busy. As always, I'll leave you with an action task. This is kind of a fun game to get your employees in on that spin cycle mindset. It's kind of like Clue. So you're going to assign each employee to be a customer with a scenario, give them the basics and let them embellish or assign them like an entire persona, whatever you prefer. So an example would be a 17 year old high school boy looking to buy his girlfriend something for their six month dating anniversary. Or a 30-something gal looking for a gift for her best friend going through a hard time. Those kind of a thing. So now that employee has to partner up with another employee who acts as a salesperson and helps that high school boy or friend through the spin cycle. I would love to hear how this goes. I'm sure some of you have some hidden dramatic talent on staff. And your team may be uncomfortable with this at first, but gently push them. If it's something that you're not comfortable with, take the group approach and just talk through some different scenarios. You could even have everyone put a few customers or situations in a bowl and draw one out at lunch each day. This is about putting your team in a sales mindset. Thank you so much again for listening to the Real Tough Florist podcast. I know your time is precious, and that you choose to spend a bit of it with me means a lot. There will be one more sales related podcast before we wrap up 2022 so be sure to hit subscribe so you can keep up to date on the latest episodes. If we're not already friends, hit me up on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Petals and Profits, or visit my website at Petalsandprofits.com. Happy selling!